Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath September 18th, we look at Lesson 12, The Restless Prophet. Together, let's find rest in returning back to God. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, here we go, Lesson 12, The Restless Prophet. And before we read the memory text today, uh, back by popular demand, we have Kayla Goodman with us once again. Yeah, excited to have you, Kayla. Yes, our, excited our to senior be theology majors. Uh, go ahead, Kayla, you're going to say something? Oh, I'm just saying I'm excited to be here. Yes, uh, volunteered. Uh, well, kind of made her volunteer, but we enjoyed her having uh, having her here so, uh, so yeah, much last time. And absolutely. And a lot of our audience uh, comment on it, so we brought her back. And so uh, our memory text this week is taken from Jonah chapter 4, verse 11, the New King James Version. It says, And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right, uh, right hand and their left, and how much livestock, and much livestock. Uh, we see here Jonah, who should be pitying, right? But God is saying, what what about how I feel? What about what I'm going through, right, as mm-hmm, well? Mm-hmm. I think it's sometimes, sometimes some things that we forget, that we actually serve a God that feels, the God that has compassion, that has empathy, sympathy, and mercy. Yeah, absolutely. And I just love the story of, of Jonah here because it's just a good reminder as we've been going through this whole journey this, this uh, quarter, uh, and, and as we're now looking at the restless prophet that... Um, and finding true rest is in Christ. But when, when there isn't that, uh, people are in search of it or running away from it. And Jonah's just that classic story of running away from God. That's very, very true. And so, Michael, I'm going to let you uh, lead us on this on the Sunday's lesson, which is running away. And uh, we'll, we'll discuss after that. Yeah, so Jonah 1, it's, we're just kind of you know following through the biblical text here, chapter 1. Uh, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Uh, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. And it's a great text here of, you know, of course, he flees and sails for Tarshish, uh, just running away from God here. It's you true. know, um, God's telling him to do something and he's just the most reluctant of prophets. And, you know, I think about it. I think every prophet is usually at least a true prophet of God is a reluctant prophet, right? I mean, who, who, you know, when God places that call on your life, you know, you're just like, really, Lord? Is that, are you sure? Is that me? Really? I mean, I, maybe I should be doing something else. And, uh, and, and so here is Jonah, um, and, and he's fleeing. He's this reluctant prophet. Um, it's definitely not our usual theological training program, right, Kayla? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so as we have our students, you know, we, we're encouraging them, you know, uh, and just just to think of uh, uh, this whole this whole process here. It's it's intense. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's funny you say that because uh, uh, COVID has changed our field school. But even before that, yeah. uh, my first year, we have field school here mm-hmm. and six weeks is really intense. Mm-hmm. And then I brought in a pastor who actually graduated from a, a school that's in South America and he talked about his field school experience. He says, you know, they sent us out with very little money, very little food. And he's like, and we're out about 16 hours a day, 
giving Bible studies all across town. He's like, the average weight loss is about 40 pounds, whether you need to lose it or not, right? And Whoa. all the students in there were complaining about the, the long hours and everything else. They kind of said, oh, wow, we don't have very much to complain we, about, right? We don't feel so bad anymore, right? <laughs> exactly, right? Uh, but you talk about that reluctancy. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it comes up, up in our own lives, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so here's God placing that call upon him, and he's just running as hard and fast as he can in the opposite direction. And I, I think there's a kind of a principle here that when if we don't listen to God and pay attention to what God's saying that we should be doing or whatever it is, yeah, um, our natural inclination is to fight against it, and we keep fighting, 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 fighting. Um, and the process, we push ourselves away in the opposite direction. Sometimes we run away in the opposite direction, but that's that's really what's going on in a, in a nutshell here. But um, let's get into this whole three-day rest thing and what ha- what happens next. Uh, walk us through that, Buster, and, and Kayla, I want to pull you in here. Yeah, so I was going to actually have Kayla read for us uh, Jonah 2, 1 through 9. I know it's a little bit longer, but it's, it's uh, Jonah's prayer while he's in the uh, belly of the fish. Uh, so she, uh, while she's reading that, I just want the audience to, to think about it, pray on it, and think about his words. Okay, Jonah 2, verses 1 through 9. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly, and he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The water surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me, weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. Mm. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the whole gamut of his experience there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But notice where it ends up, with the, which is him not only repenting, but him connecting with God on such a deeper level. When he talks about the temple, uh, the lesson brings out this point as well, which is not talking about the, the Jerusalem temple, it's talking about the, the heavenly sanctuary mm. uh, where we can truly communicate with God. And yeah. he, had this, he had this connection with God. And he's saying, hey, I, re- I remember there. I remember who you are. I remember where you brought me from. And thank you for giving me this, this chance before the chance even comes, right? Yeah. And we notice that it's here where he is spat out. Uh, my dad always loves to bring this point. He's like, what do you think he smelled like when he, when he, came, when he came out, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we laughed. But then he made, the, he made that journey as fast as he could to go to Nineveh and preach the gospel. Um, and so we find there in that three-day rest, there's a lot of things you can do while you're resting. Mm-hmm. A lot of things you can do while you feel like you're held captive. A lot of people are complaining. Uh, and yet they're joyful for about, sometimes their COVID experience. Those who make it out that don't have to be hospitalized, but they said that 14 days of, or 10 days, however, uh, that you're in quarantine can sometimes be very difficult. But the best stories I've heard are those who have connected with God on a deeper level as a result wow. of it. Exactly. Uh, in the midst of that, of wrestling with whatever you're going through by taking it, a petition before God and connecting back with Him, like mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you've forgotten how to. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sometimes we need that three-day rest, right? That silver lining. Yes. Yeah, yeah there we go. Uh, and so I, I don't want to take anything else from anyone else. Did anyone else see anything in, in that prayer that inspired them or got them going? I think one thing I see here is that heart change that Jonah's experiencing. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes I feel like, especially being someone who's training to be a pastor, um, people can look at me and say, wow, she has a good relationship with God, or look at you two as professors and say, wow, they have a great relationship with God. Mm -hmm. But ultimately we can be running and no one else knows that but God. And God always ends up catching us, you know? He won't let us go too far. And it's always our choice to keep running if we want to. Mm -hmm. But I think here, with Jonah's prayer, we see that he's literally reached rock bottom or fish bottom or whatever you want to say because he's literally stuck in this fish and this is where God reaches him, you know? It's like sometimes you think like, God, why does this have to happen? But sometimes God is like, that's Uh, the only place you would listen to me. mm. And I think that's like the testimony Jonah comes out with is just Mm -hmm. how God is merciful even in the belly of a fish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, amen. I like that. You know, I I think that ties us in with uh, what's coming up on Tuesdays, which Mm -hmm. is the mission accomplished because the mission isn't accomplished simply because we go. It happens because of the resolution that we come across before the mission even begins. So, uh, Michael, tell us a little bit more about Mission Accomplished. Absolutely. So, Jonah chapter 3, we've got this great parallel, just like the beginning of 1. And just to hear the echo here just a little bit, uh, two chapters later, that the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. So, here we have the word of the Lord coming the first time. He runs. He has this conversion experience that you're just talking about. And then now we've got this, uh, literally, the second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Now, for some of our listeners that may not be as familiar with Nineveh, Nineveh was a pretty intense place. Like they were known for taking around the city, which is a pretty large city because it talks about having to walk a whole day across one of the, you know, just one part of it, one side of it. I mean, it's just this huge, huge city. Um, They were known for taking their enemies by the thousands, putting their heads on on pikes, you know, and putting it around the city to inspire fear, uh, lest anybody that should try to come and attack them. So it, it's, it's kind of, you know, uh, there was a good reason that Jonah was actually afraid. It wasn't just that he disliked these people. These people were known for being violent and, and bullies, that kind of thing. Uh, so anyways, uh, Jonah does it this time. Um, and 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. So this reluctant prophet, he's not really preaching very long sermons, Buster. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty direct to the point. Yes, right? straight to the point. <laughs> I say that for our listeners because uh, Buster, my colleague here, is uh, our professor for homiletics and preaching. So, yes, um, sir. So he gets to, I, I got to sit in one of your classes here because I, I just... I hear so many fun things about about your preaching class. We, so. have, we have we have a good time in there. I, I learn as much as I, I teach. <laughs> so, Isn't that the best part of teaching? Yes, it is. It's just constantly learning, right? Yes. And uh, anyway, so this reluctant preacher, short sermon, it's all... <laughs> All judgment. <laughs> you're gonna be destroyed. You're, be you're destroyed. done. You're done for. <laughs> and, and it says, verse six. This is the crazy thing: is when Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth 
and sat down in the dust. So uh, here we have the reluctant prophet who needs to be converted. Now we have the pagan king. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> who's his convert? Probably the last person he wanted to be converted. He's like, what's happening here? <laughs> you weren't supposed to come in the altar call. He said, my, my head is supposed to be on a pike by now. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah. So this is, uh, and, and the king actually issues this proclamation of, of this beautiful proclamation uh, of repentance. And verse 10 is, is the kicker here. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented. It did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. And mm. I just like that because I think so many people have just a wrong view of God. You know, God's yeah, just true. there ready to... <laughs> judge and and just destroy these people <laughs> and yet um there's too many evangelists like that they're ready to throw them down fire to, and brimstone preachers right fire and brimstone sinners in the hand of an angry god <laughs> well, bring, bring up some church history will you we love jonathan edwards oh i know hey there we go <laughs> so here he is and, and and here's a god of love and compassion that even in the most violent of people god says i want you i want your heart mm-hmm. and 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 they repent and it's just this beautiful beautiful story and as the king repents the entire city repents right yeah he leads the way right yeah and it's amazing to see and to hear and and to be able to witness uh you know like just uh, through through history right yeah 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 well buster you're talking about field school here yes and you have some people that just come in and you don't just convert a few people, but you get the head of the state and then the whole country converts. <laughs> I don't know. How would you react, Buster? You know, I have some friends that are in some countries that are pretty closed. Yeah. And I mean, if they get one convert, I mean, they are They're pretty related. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. I can imagine having the head of a, of a country being converted and then all of a sudden he says everyone else is as well and everyone's like no we really are right yeah yeah uh they not just go through the motions but they go wow. through the heart motions yeah and uh, to actually be able to witness that and see that it mm-hmm. would be in my eyes the cause of celebration right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh which kind of i don't know my you know if you mind michael if i segue into wednesday's lesson yeah but... i was i was headed that way because i want to see how you'd respond to, with field school right <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's funny our, our first field school i'm not you yeah. know i'm not a huge numbers person but uh, uh we worked with evangelist david machado and mm-hmm. uh they're the hearst church there's 45 baptisms that came mm-hmm. in but the reason why i mentioned that it's because I talked with a pastor not too long ago. It's probably a little less than a year ago. And I said, yeah. it's now been three years. I said, how many of them are still there? He says, Buster, he says, by the grace of God, because of small groups and everything else established afterwards, he says, I can say maybe one or two have fallen off. He's like, mm-hmm. but he's like, our entire culture almost changed yeah. because all these people stayed. Beautiful. And it's amazing, right, to, to see that happen. And, and the pastor's happy. The evangelists are happy. Our students were happy. Mm-hmm. And, and their, mm-hmm. in their meetings, they had about another 40 mm-hmm. from their different meetings that came about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but here, yeah. oh, go ahead. Oh, oh, I was just going to say, before we go on too far, like, I think, Kayla, you had your first baptism this summer, didn't you? Yes, I was just about I to did. say that. So talk to us a little <laughs> bit about that for just a second before we move on. I, yeah. Um. So I've been working at my church with Arlington and with Younger Generation Church, mm-hmm. and I've been their pastoral intern this past year mm-hmm. and I've been working with a lot of people doing a lot of things and with that I've had the time to preach a few times and um, one day after church 
this family, we were walking them through because they said two of their kids wanted to get baptized and that was really cool. And so I got to kind of walk them through the whole baptismal process. And this little girl, she came up to me and she looked at me and she was like, Pastor Kayla, I want to tell you something. And she recited basically verbatim, word for word, my sermon from like three weeks before. Whoa. And I was like, I don't even there know if I could do that at that point. Right. And she looked at me and she was like, can you baptize me? And I was like, Aww. yes. And I was crying. She started crying. And yes. the coolest thing yeah. was she was like, when I grow up, I want to talk about Jesus like you do. And mm. it's really cool to still see her at church and see her family and her parents are overjoyed, and it was just really cool to be able to be there with her and make an impact that I didn't even realize was happening. So, you know, uh, uh, this is another testimony to that. Uh, our family went to go see Kayla her last message because she did a mm-hmm. joint evangelistic series with uh, Danny Verdugo, and her last sermon uh, there. My wife afterwards, and she doesn't say this about a lot. She's like, "I would definitely attend her her church." <laughs> cool, because <laughs> because you did a yeah. very powerful biblical sermon, and mm. so. Mm-hmm. Thank you for, for allowing God to use you, Kayla. Oh, Thank that. you. Absolutely. Uh, and so that kind of brings us to this, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Imagine that, that young girl coming to you and saying, hey, I want to be baptized. You're like, I knew this was going to happen. God, how dare you use me? To, yeah. You know? <laughs> well, this is what I was trying to get. This is a contrast. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is kind of near and dear to my heart because my kids love mm. the story of Jonah. Yeah. And so sometimes we'll have Alexa read in the contemporary English version. Mm-hmm. And I can't stand chapter four because it makes them speak with a British accent. And so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to mimic it right now. All right, do it. Bring I it knew it from the very beginning that you wouldn't destroy Nineveh. <laughs> so he, he's yelling at God because he said that's why I left my own country and headed for Spain. You are a kind and merciful God, and you are very patient. You always show love, and you don't like to punish anyone, not even foreigners. Right? He's mm. so upset here. Now let me die. I'd be better off dead. This is the contemporary English version. And then God asks him, what, what right do you have to be angry? Mm. Uh, and then he, he has the, the vine that comes up and the worm that eats the vine. Uh, mm-hmm. Those of you who have a chance to, I, I, I urge you, go back and read this. But then he, he does this object lesson. He says, Jonah, do you have the right to be angry about the vine? Yes, I do, he answered. He says, and I'm angry enough to die. But the Lord said, verse 10, you are concerned about a vine that you did not plant or take care of, mm. a vine that grew up in one night and died the next. In that city of Nineveh, there are more than two uh, than 120,000 people who can't tell right from wrong, and many cattle are there as well. Don't you think that I should be uh, be concerned about that big city? And then it leaves it there, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what happened to Jonah's heart afterwards? I don't know. I I'm hoping that he got the object lesson, and I think the the not only the biblical author did that on purpose. I think the Holy Spirit superintending did it on purpose because. How is your heart, right? Mm-hmm. Your church is playing evangelistic series. You're like, oh, it's going to take too much time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, oh, these people are going to come in. We don't, we don't know who they are. They're going to change the culture of our church. Praise the Lord. Yeah. If all of heaven celebrates and shuts down because one person who was lost is now found, mm-hmm. how much more so should the people of God do the exact same thing? Love it. Right? And so uh, anybody else have anything to add to that mm-hmm. uh, according to Jonah chapter 4, 1 through 11? When I think of this, I think of a kid storming off angry. Like, I know you both <laughs> have kids. Yeah, child. Like, that, that is Jonah. He's just frustrated. <laughs> He's slamming his door on God. And God's like, I don't even use doors, but okay. And it's just like, come on. like, And it's just like, 
the best possible outcome is happening from this and yet he's still so angry and like God's just like hold up like when did this happen what's going on but like just the mercy God still has for Jonah and like the mercy like the lesson God's teaching Jonah through this you know and like I just I see like see that loving God in that picture of like he's like I'm like and Jonah's like I knew you weren't gonna do this like come on and like God's just like you know like he's just showing him like these are my children. You are my child. And you're more mad about a tree that a worm ate. Like, come on, dude. I raised you better than this. And it's like, mm-hmm. we got to work together. We got to show you what is right. Like, come on. We're on this journey. And that's why I'm using you. Because God could have used anyone. But he chose Jonah. Mm. While knowing Jonah was going to probably react like this. And he was like, I want you to see my mercy. Because I could have used anyone. But I want to use you. Mm. So you can witness my greatness. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Michael, I... This is why the the student has become the teacher, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Feeling schooled here. That's good. Yeah, and I think this is bringing us home to a two-way street of mm. Thursday, Thursday's lesson. Uh, so, Michael, take us to that two-way street. Well, basically, uh, the Klingbells who wrote the lesson this quarter are taking us back to, or I should say forward, since we're in the Old Testament with Jonah, <laughs> to uh, the book of Jude, this tiny, tiny little book that often gets overlooked, verses 20 to 23, just that one chapter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. So. As each of us are waiting for Jesus to come, uh, here's a moment in love to build one another up. Mm. And, uh, you know, this is um, this last week I've had some online, some rather uh, strident or vigorous, however you want to call it, online discussions on different issues. And I think it's okay. It's good to have discussions and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, um, different viewpoints and share information and you know, what's your source for that? Those are very appropriate questions. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I noticed that that one particular person was making increasingly uh, stronger and stronger statements, you know, and I was concerned and I decided, you know, um, I needed to call that person just to pray with them. I said, I'm not calling you to change your mind. I'm just calling because I want you to know that I care and that uh, I just want to pray with you. Well, that was not very well appreciated. Really? No. Um, In fact, I haven't gotten a call back from that. But I I thought, you know, sometimes um, we're so, we're more concerned that we're right ourselves rather than making sure that we're in right relation with each Mm. other. And and I think that's true um, interpersonally. It needs to be true in the educational setting. It needs to be true in the church. It needs to be true in our homes. And it needs to also be true with our online conversations and how we deal with other people um, that, that we're not just, and, and I think this is what this is talking about, keeping yourselves in God's love. That means that in everything we do, we've got to make sure that we, we pray through that, um, but, uh, and, and, and that we keep ourselves in God's love. And um, that's got to break down to the, the nitty gritty how we live our lives. And, um, and I like this, this kind of, these are, I feel like these are online social media principles, how we, how we need to connect with, with others online, as well as all aspects of our lives. Yeah, it, it, it's true. You know, uh, I, I think of Romans mm-hmm. 12 or 15, but if at all possible, live peacefully with men. Right. And sometimes you realize that if at all possible means 
sometimes it's not possible because you've done everything possible that you can mm-hmm. to make amends, right? And sometimes it's not possible because you're not willing to open up your own heart in yeah. order to, for that to happen, right? Yeah, So absolutely. you can either be the catalyst or you can also be the cataract uh, through which that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And so prayerfully, mm-hmm. this is an introspective time for us to say, you know, yeah. what happened to the old adage that it's okay to not be in uniformity? Yeah. Right? Wow. We can be in unity and not be in uniformity. We can still be in unity Mm -hmm. and you be anti-vax and I be vax or uh, vice versa, right? Mm -hmm. Or mask versus mask. We can still be in unity. And I know know that's a hard press, right? Yeah. But what I'm saying is in all this, don't allow this to be a distraction between what matters most, which is Mm -hmm. our relationship we have with God, loving God Mm -hmm. and loving others as much as we love ourselves. Love it. And don't allow anything to detract us from that. Well, I want to get these hit these last two verses before we kind of yes, wrap up on please. Thursday here. Verse 22, and I think it's building what you just said, Buster. Um, be merciful to those who doubt. Uh, again, it's okay to, in this case, it's in, framed in the, in the framework of faith, you know, of doubting. I think some people are worried that, oh, if I have any doubts, you know, then I'm going to be lost or whatever. Uh, no, the, the Bible recognizes, and here in the book of Jude, be merciful to those people. We all have doubts if we, at various moments in our lives, have those uh, inner introspective moments, right? Where we're just kind of, very true. what am I doing here? <laughs> kind of thing, kind of to pinch ourselves, you know? And uh, so be merciful. Because uh, we, we don't know when we're interacting with someone else where they might actually be in their own personal journey, right? And then verse 23, save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by the corrupted flesh. So uh, again, uh, our goal at the end, and this is my takeaway from this, is that whatever we do should be done in a spirit of being redemptive. Mm. Um, That's what Jonah, I think that's the lesson that Jonah needed to learn. God was trying to work with him is, is, is God was being redemptive both with him as well as to the city of Nineveh and as fellow Christians Let's be merciful to one another. Let's keep ourselves in God's love and and let's do everything we can to to build uh, faith uh, and, and not not to tear down. You know, I, I love that, Michael. And I think now is the time for closing statements if anyone has has any. But why, why are we both looking at Kayla? I know. <laughs> hint, hint, right? <laughs> I mean, I think one thing I take away from this story and this lesson with Jonah is. Is this more about God saving Nineveh or God saving Jonah? You know, is this about Jonah choosing to run so far away from his original calling and the place God has put on his heart that God has to take him back and through this and show him this is what love is. Mm. This is what mercy is. This is what compassion is. And I want you to witness this firsthand because I want you to then go and show that to others. And I think that's like the real thing to take from, like I take from this story is you see such a twisted group of people, the Ninevites putting people's heads on pikes and such, and yet they become so loving and so caring. And it's just that fully heart change. And I feel so much time in Christianity, we think we have it all and we think we're right, but we haven't had that heart change. And God Mm. takes Jonah on this heart change journey. And it's like, now go and show others. Amen. You know, I think that that brings everything full circle. It does which is that's what God's after for most of us or mm-hmm. for all of us, which is that heart change. And hopefully we can have some introspection and retrospection and all, the, all sorts of other sections. Right. But most of it's time spent with God so that we can actually have that heart change. Love it. Well, I think on that note, let's uh, put a wrap for another week. So this is Sue and Swoops and Kayla. 
<laughs> Signing, Signing out. out. <laughs> As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.